Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week we're in Cusco and we're going to talk about what we've been doing for the last few weeks and uh, what we're going to be up to in the near future. Yeah, that's right. Uh, This is episode 149 and coming to you after quite a long break. Yeah, we're really sorry about that. One of the things that we've, we've had... We've had a great time in Crisco. It's been wonderful. We've relaxed. We've enjoyed the history. We've enjoyed the um, the food. We've enjoyed hanging out and learning Spanish. But one thing we haven't enjoyed is the server problems we've been having on the site. <laughs> That's right. So we've basically had to move um, the entire site, gigs and gigs and gigs of data, um, over from one company, which slowed down and down and down until they basically stopped working for us, to another company. And that's uh, preoccupied a lot of our time. So big thanks to um, one of our interns, Scott. Um, Scott has been working so hard to... Um, yeah, just to, to move things over for us. Yeah, it's we been really, amazing. really appreciate it. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this would have been this would have been hard enough in the best of times, but with the internet connections in Peru it's been rather, rather difficult. So Craig's been working really hard as well trying to get it over and um, hopefully we're all back up and running and we'll have podcasts every week again from now on. Yes. Yeah. And it should be blazingly fast too, because God knows we're paying enough for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this episode of the Indie Travel Podcast is brought to you by WorldNomads.com. WorldNomads.com provides great value global travel insurance. You can buy, extend, and claim online, even if you're already traveling, which is uh, why we like it. All policyholders also get free travel blogs, safety advice, and language guides for your iPod. WorldNomads.com. Keep traveling safely. Yeah, we're using WorldNomads.com on our travels because, um, well, we're traveling for quite a long time and we decided we really needed insurance this time and we have had to claim on it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's part of the Cusco story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yay. So Cusco is pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's this really, really ancient city and it's kind of supposed to be laid out like Puma, but we really haven't seen humor so much i think that was more you know thousands of years ago but uh, the center of it's, it's in the valley and the center of action is in the plaza de armas up on one side of the valley is the happy district of san blas which is where we're staying and they're quite a nice little hostel that we found just by wandering around um and the the head of the puma is at the top of san blas kind of a bit further up and that's where the ruins of sasuke woman is it's a fortress and also the white christ is nearby yeah, so it's yeah, it's really nice sitting out here on the um, we're in the lounge, I guess, and we've got a view right out over all of Cusco. There's a little San Blas church down to our left, and um, yeah, the Plaza de Armas and the cathedral, and then the foothills on the other side. One thing about Cusco, though, is that it's at altitude. It's like what is it, three thousand two hundred meters high? Oh, I don't know. It's a number. It's yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, it's really high, and we have never really spent much time at altitude. So walking just from the Plaza de Armas up to San Blas, which is probably only what like fifty meters further up, it's it's up these steep little cobbled streets, and we're always puffing when we get there. <laughs> yep. And also our hostel, we've got like this courtyard, and then the ma- most of the rooms are set around the courtyard, and the steps leading up to the the kitchen, the lounge where we usually hang out where we are now. But even just going up those steps, I mean, it's like 20 steps. It's not very many. I'm always puffed when I get to the top. It's a little bit embarrassing. But I'm hoping that when we get down to ground zero, like to ground level, we'll, um, we'll be really fit because we'll be doing all this work, you know, keeping our heart rates up. What do you reckon? I don't know. I don't know if it works that way. I'm sure it works that way. That's why, like, rugby teams practice at altitude, right? Okay. Sure. Well, 
We'll find out anyway. I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) So after you've got up here and got over your altitude sickness, and some people in our party did have some bad bouts of altitude sickness. I think we all had some problems. Yeah, I mean, we all had problems adjusting to the altitude, but... um, you know, some more than others. Some more than others. So yeah. make sure you've got something like, um, well, we had Diamox, which is what our doctor recommended. Yeah. And so we're swallowing that, and um, we're drinking lots of coca tea. Yeah. Um, that really which is worked. Good. Yeah. It's the the leaves of the plant that they make cocaine from, but, but they it's not steep a them. drug. <laughs> <laughs> but they um, steep them in water. Apparently, you can be tested positive for cocaine use over the next um, kind of two to three weeks after you've drunk some or chewed some some of the leaves which is another common practice yeah so um if you're crossing borders be careful with that one yeah we've really enjoyed having it though because we go down to school in the morning and have a cup of tea and it just it just helped my problem was that i i sometimes had problems breathing i just couldn't get enough air in my body whereas other people had what well, stomach problems some people were throwing up and it just wasn't really fun <laughs> no not not really fun at all so yeah it's mo- it's most important if you're flying and you're you probably experience worse altitude sickness. But if you're coming by bus, it's a bit better. Yeah, sure. Well, there's heat. In fact, before we talk about that, that bus ride in is quite beautiful. Yeah. Um, We came in from um, Arequipa, which is down in the south of Peru. And, um, yeah, so we went from Lima down to Ica to Arequipa and then up into um, to Cusco. And that last journey was beautiful. It was beautiful, but we chose the wrong bus company. <laughs> we weren't exactly in the most comfortable of seats. And um, most of the time, if you're catching an overnight bus and you pay a bit more, you've got um, the security of knowing that only people with tickets can get on. But we were on a day bus, and the driver just kept stopping and letting people on. So there were people in the aisles and people hopping on with their big bags. And, yeah, it wasn't necessarily the most comfortable of trips for the last part. No. Well, let's talk to about uh, things to do in and around Cusco, because um, I guess people coming here will, will want to know that. Okay, I want to start by talking about the food. Go on, then. I love food. I love food. And one <laughs> thing I love about traveling is, is the food. And Cusco has a lot of it. I mean, sure, you can go off and, and do things around Cusco, but I think you're going to be eating a lot. And one of the things, I mean, we, you have to have breakfast, and you have to have lunch, and you have to have dinner, and you have to have snacks. So, I mean, food is going to take up a lot of your time, right? Right, so we're all going to go to the McDonald's in the Plaza de Armas and make camp there? No, we're not. Although, speaking of McDonald's, it is a really useful place to meet people because it's right on the corner of the Plaza de Armas and the Plaza de Armas is quite big. So, I mean, I think we went in once, looked at the prices and walked out again. But, um, no, I'm not keen. I, I really like trying different food. I'm not, not keen on sticking to McDonald's. So, instead, you can go to one of the many, 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 many hundreds of restaurants around. And... Um, one thing I love about Peru is the menus del dia. You can get, a, usually it's a soup to start or maybe a salad, then a main course, and um, sometimes you get a dessert as well. And you usually get a refresco, which is a type of drink, could, which could be um, a limonada, it could be, um, uh, what's that other drink called? Um, Chicha Morada. Chicha Morada, yeah, it could, or it could be something else entirely different. Chicha Morada is weird, eh? Yeah, it's made out of this purple corn it's very strange apparently morada is usually alcoholic except here in peru except here in peru where it could be alcoholic or not i got a long lecture about this so if you hear the word morada then it's probably alcoholic in most of south america but like really low like like three percent four percent kind of thing not necessarily no okay that's the only type i've tried yeah well (laughs) maybe you haven't had the the other bootleg stuff 
Oh, thinking about um, alcohol, beer milkshake. Yes. That's all oh I've got to goodness. say about that. Yes. So heading out from the Plaza de Armas, and um, you head towards and past Plaza San Francisco, and then you come to some markets on your left-hand side. Do you remember what they're called? San Pedro. San, San Pedro, Pedro Markets. Market. Um, and in there, they've got rows and rows of um, women selling fresh juices. Yeah. And so the juices are fantastic, but beer milkshake... <laughs> The juices are fantastic, and you can get whatever you like. I, I really enjoy getting carrot, mango, um, no, Linda, apple, nobody strawberry. cares. Beer, milkshake. Okay, yes, and also, as well as selling fruit juices, they have these bottles of beer, and you can order a beer milkshake. It costs about double the price of, of a juice. And what they do is they've got their blender, and they put a whole bottle of beer, now not a little bottle of beer, I think it's like a 600ml bottle, they pour that in, and that goes all frothy. Then they add milk, yes, that's where the milkshake part comes in. Then they add honey, malt, this weird extract of a fruit... Not quite sure what that was. Yeah, I don't know. And an egg white. Yeah, I think that was all. And it tastes a lot better than it sounds. The, it the, sounds the, disgusting. Like I had to be convinced <laughs> to try it, but then I was complaining that I didn't get enough. So <laughs> it was great. Yeah. The beer they use is um, is a dark beer, like a double malted mm-hmm. kind of chocolatey chocolatey beer. And uh, yeah, it was surprisingly tasty. It's awesome. I think the extra malt uh, does the trick. Yeah, apparently it's really good for energy. And so maybe that's what you need to do before you start climbing the stairs up to San Blas. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, koi. Koi, yes, that's right. We had koi. We went, when we went out to Tipon, which is where my camera got stolen, we had koi. And we also had it on our last day, um, what, today. And um, it was just the weirdest thing ever. You're eating a guinea pig. And you can either get it fried or al horno, which is in the oven. And if you get it al horno, you've got this whole guinea pig yeah the head and the tail and yeah, yeah everything the first time we had it um we asked for them to chop it in half because we were sharing but the second time it just came hold to the table so i was doing a bit of a butchery job and it was it was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> yep um yeah you kind of if you're ever in the situation where a whole um baked guinea pig arrives on your plate thing to do is cut off the head and then um quarter the rest and then pick what meat you can off the bones. It is a bit difficult. There isn't that much meat on it. So it is a lot of work for a little meat, but you definitely should try it. It's the specialty of Peru. Yeah. Now, what interested me was um, the different guinea pigs have different numbers of toes. Like most domestic guinea pigs that people have as pets will have three or four toes. But they had some monsters with like eight toes and ten toes. And it was quite fun when you got your guinea pig, you got to count the toes. I think by the time we had it, they had four or five toes. So it wasn't... Yeah, yeah, they're medium sized. But you can get giant monsters of guinea pigs. I'm a bit scared. Um. (laughs) (laughs) The other food that I loved was street food. There's some really amazing street food around. And I was quite sad that I only discovered the empanada vendor near our school in the last week... So every day, Janine and I have been going down there and having an empanada or two. But, um, yeah, sadly, we only just discovered it, so we couldn't have it every day. Yeah, it's just in the last few days, eh? Yeah. Oh, well. Um, should we talk about things to do? Yes. Okay. Finally? Finally? Can I now? I think I? food counts as things to do. I just don't know what the problem is. <laughs> So, I mean, obviously, um, Cusco is the jumping off point for Machu Picchu, and that's what most people do. They kind of fly from wherever they are into Lima, uh, take another flight over to Cusco, and then jump in a couple of buses and trains and get themselves up to Machu Picchu, and then back down again and repeat the journey home. But there is a heck of a lot more to do. Yeah, it's a bit sad that people really only go to Machu Picchu. I mean, we didn't even go, which is 
possibly a bit sad. But <laughs> you hear people dropping their iPods know, right now. But we can go some other time, but we weren't really very keen on paying the really astronomical prices to get out there. I mean, it was about... It was 130 um, soles for the entrance fee and about the same again for the, ta- for the train. And not much of this money stays in Peru, and that made us very sad. So instead we went and saw some other ruins. We went up to Saski Woman, went to Tipon, and... Um, Went for a hike out through um, Sacred the Valley. Sacred Valley as that well. That was really cool. Our friend Renzo took us out there, and it was really interesting. Just to we, we saw some ruins when we first arrived, and in was it Chinchero? Yeah. And then we walked through the valley, and we stopped at this little tiny town, and we met some locals who fed us real morada with alcohol in it, and um, baked potatoes. And we sat around, and they told us about their new tourism venture. And it was just really interesting. Yeah, that was cool. And then we went from there up to Pisac, where we went around the markets. And uh, we priced going up to the ruins, but the prices have shot up um, f- a lot from what was in our guidebook, which yeah. was only printed um, last year. So um, it was we thought it was going to be cheap, but it was well outside of our price range. Well, basically, quite a lot of the ruins, you have to buy the Cusco tourist ticket, which is, was it about 130 US dollars? 30 Oh, was it dollars? I thought it was soles. Oh, you might be right, yeah. Yeah, I think it's 130 soles, but about three years ago, it was only about 30 soles. Yeah. So um, it has shot up. Yeah. Some places you can go and just pay 10 soles, like Teapot only costs 10 soles to go in. But something like Sesco Woman and PSAC, you had to pay 70 soles to go in, which is half the price of the ticket, so you might as well buy the ticket if you're going to be doing all those attractions. But we just weren't keen. Mm. And I mean, okay, so there's there's a few day trips out there. Um Chinchiro, hiking in the Sacred Valley, going out to Pisac, um, going out to Olaitam Tambo, which a friend of ours went to and said was excellent. So that was that was definitely his pick. Um, climbing up to the White Christ above San Blas and having a look at Saxe Woman. Uh, we wouldn't recommend the the 70 sole price is worth it to get in there, considering you can see most of it from yeah. the, the hill above. Um and yeah, there was all sorts of amazing things. There's also cool things to see and do in the city. Mm-hmm. So Plaza de Armas is the, the the central point, and off that you've got the cathedral, mm-hmm. and also the um, Compañera, which is another small church just off to the side. And um, both of those, they charge you to get in. So go on Sunday and go to Mass. Yeah, we went, um, Angie and I went to both Masses, and some of the others joined us for the cathedral one. And it was really enjoyable. Both of the masses were completely different. Um, one was very, very traditional. One, one had lots of singing, and one was very... Oh, it was kind of evangelical almost. The, the priest, when he gave his sermon, was very enthusiastic about it, but the, the rest of the congregation didn't really get involved. So it's quite interesting to see the two different masses in the same, you know, like very, very similar area. Mm. Yeah, Definitely. Cool. Well, um, while we're talking about things to do, I just want to mention um, two cafes, which I've spent hundreds of hours in over the last three weeks, <laughs> um, because both of them have free Wi-Fi, and most of my time in Cusco has been spent um, sipping espressos in bars. Mm-hmm. So um, number one would have to be um, Café Encuentros, yeah. and that's um, that down near McDonald's Corner in the plaza. You've got that small street there, and it's there. Nice relaxed kind of light atmosphere um cheap drinks really good um homemade lemonade and yeah. andean lemonade which has mint and a couple of other it herbs so in it good. um and yeah free wi-fi there at Encuentros. 
And the other one is on Quest de Saint Blas, and it's called, I think, Mamondo. I think it's Mon, Mon, Monodo, Mondono, something like that. It's halfway up Quest de Saint Blas, and um, it's got a really nice arty interior. They've got a book swap, they've got games, they've got um, artwork for sale. Mm. And uh, it's a bit dark, but it's it's really nice. And they've got the fastest Wi-Fi that I've found in any cafe. The only problem is the prices are, well... Really expensive. Really expensive. New, kind of New, New Zealand Ze- prices. New Zealand prices. Um, I was paying, I think, four New Zealand dollars for uh, an espresso, yeah. which is at the high end of, of Kiwi prices. Yeah. Um, that was like 10 or 12 soles for a, for a you know... An espresso when you can get a whole jar, like lemonade. one one to 1.5 litres of lemonade for the same price in, uh, in other places. Yep. But they did have the fastest Wi-Fi. And that was so important, yeah. That was, that was worth it. But, um, yeah, if you'd seen, seen a tall, skinny guy sitting in a cafe, sitting in either of those cafes over the last three weeks, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing we've been doing while we were in Cusco was um, studying Spanish. When I, as you know... I quite like Spanish. (laughs) And when we started planning this trip, one of the things that I really, really wanted to do was go to school and do some lessons. So we've done that, and it's been amazing. I've really enjoyed it. We've been studying at Wiracocha Spanish Language School, which is also on Cuesta San Blas. In fact, it's like four doors down from the cafe that Craig's been staying at. And um, it's in that that hilly, um, hippie district of San Blas, which is where we're staying as well. And, um, yeah, we've really enjoyed studying we could choose between doing two, four, six, or eight hours of study. And some people there were doing eight hours of study, and I think that's mental. We chose to do two because we decided that we could probably do another two hours of study by ourselves and that you know, would get us there. And it's really good. The, the lessons are limited to four people per class. Um, sometimes you only have one person in your class, even uh, if you've paid for a group lesson. Yeah, that was that was our experience, yeah. eh? just because um, Linda's level was much higher than everyone else in the school, and mine kind of fell. higher than everyone else in the school. Um, well, all of the other students in the school. And um, then mine was in a, in a weird in-between part, where I wasn't in the beginners, but I wasn't in the, the more fluent of speakers. And so, yeah, so both of us ended up with private lessons, probably... Most of the time. I don't know. I think I had about, yeah, 10 private lessons out of 15 lessons. So, yeah. yeah, and it was really good. Um, I found it useful because we focused a lot on grammar, which is something that I can study by myself, but I find difficult to really grasp. So I've got some really, really good notes on grammar. I found the teachers really good, and the, um, the administration staff were helpful as well. Yeah, they were. Um, there were a few extracurricular activities organised, like a cooking class that you went to, mm-hmm. and um, today we went out together as a school pretty much. I think about half the school went. And, um, yeah, we, we ate, ate guinea pig and yeah, it was cool. and just had a cool lunch together. So yeah. There are also um, salsa lessons every Thursday, but none of us uh, partook of this. <laughs> no, we've done enough of that in Ica, I think, to, um, to last me right through South America. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, um, ATMs were something that we found a, a bit tricky, and mm. so let's just do a, a bit of a practical thing on ATMs. Um, now, your mileage might vary with this because different banks, different charges, and, and so on. But um, the best ATM that we've found is with um, BCP, which yeah. are everywhere. Now, we like them for a couple of reasons. Number one, they don't have a local service charge that they pass on to you. And number two, you can normally get out 700 soul ways, which is um, 
Only 350 you know, New Zealand it's only, dollars. It's only a couple of hundred bucks, but... That's the um, most we've found. You want to get out the most cash you can every time you withdraw if you've got a, um, a, a foreign service charge from your bank. Yeah, and especially because we're traveling with five people, we just work it out between us. Yeah. So, yeah, um, an ATM that we hated but was everywhere, they obviously um, pay out the most to their vendors, <laughs> is um, GlobalNet. Now, they have a limit of 400 souls in most of the places that we saw, and they also charge, I think, I think it was seven fifty, yeah, which is only a couple of bucks, but it adds up if you're doing it a couple of times a week. Yeah, we don't. Global Net was everywhere. It was in um, hotels and shops. I think it was, you know, the one that you pay for because it's so convenient. You know, it's the it's the pub kind of ATM. Yeah. But yeah, you really pay for it, and you use it. We'd, we'd use it if we needed to, but we didn't like it. If we saw it, we'd go, oh, Global Net. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because it added up quickly. I mean, there was with um, we had a five dollar charge in New Zealand, and then we paid about. I think it was one point one percent, so it's not that bad. Yeah, so it's about, it worked out to around three dollars every time um, yeah. was our offshore service margin, um, and then to add another couple of bucks on that, it went from eight dollars to like eleven dollars. Yeah. Um, which you know adds up, especially if you're taking out smaller amounts of money, so you need to do it more often. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so um, the BCP that we used heaps was on the Plaza de Armas, so it was nice and central as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've been finding that right through Peru over the last... How long have we been here? Six weeks? Five weeks? Yeah, five weeks. Five weeks. Um, yeah, so we've, we've put our cards into a lot of ATMs. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's our pick anyway. Well, I think that pretty much brings us to the end of the episode. But before we go, we'd like to thank our sponsor again and tell you about a great initiative they've set up. At worldnomads.com, you can also support a Footprints community development project, which you purchase with your travel insurance online. Worldnomads.com. Keep traveling safely. And if you come to IndieTravelPodcast.com, you'll find the insurance link at the uh, top of the page. And um, that's where we have some of our experiences with travel insurance and show you why we choose World Nomads ourselves. And uh, we're going to be writing up our experiences of um, our last couple of claims with Linda's iPod and the camera um, sometime in the next, I don't know, whenever we find time over the next month or two. Yeah. But um, there's there's quite a bit going on. I mean, we're going to be heading out to um, to Bolivia, basically, over the next yeah. little while. We're, we're dropping down into um, to Puno, and we're going to be visiting the islands um, off there. Then I'm um, heading into Bolivia in, in La Paz. So, yeah, yeah, it should be great. It should be good indeed. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.